Hey everyone, uh, editorial note here. I just wanted to let you guys know that this episode was, was recorded yesterday, uh, the same day that Russell Westbrook was traded to the Houston Rockets. Um, we were actually recording when the trade happened, and none of us knew about it until after we finished the episode. So I just wanted to give you some context on what you're about to hear. Um, so be sure to come back and check out our next episode, which will be our tribute to my hero, Russell Westbrook. Thanks for listening. That was quite loud in my oh, eardrum. I loved it. It wasn't too loud. It was just quite loud. Louder than normal, I would say. What is a normal loud of a whistle through Discord in your eardrum? <laughs> you know, what? I don't have a that's frame the, of the, reference. The also, how did we decide as a human people what loud was as far as speaking? Like, you know, I... We've got friends. What with is like, is? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying. I personally yeah. would like to speak louder all the time, and I, cause I, <laughs> maybe I don't no, know. maybe nothing is loud. You know, like maybe maybe humans are supposed to be way louder than we are. I've watched Dragon Ball Z enough to know that humans can be way louder than we are. Um, I've taught enough middle schoolers to know that I could be way louder than I thought I could be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good that's point. <laughs> I mean, it's all it's all perception, right? It's all how we uh, perceive sound, and yep. we all perceive sound differently. We need to resurrect uh, John Cage for this conversation. <laughs> uh, yeah, he he so would John, actually what, have some very good points. What's loud hey, to you? Okay, you no, know, you know how we have the science to bring you from the dead. We, can you make <laughs> yeah. your first thing coming on our basketball podcast to talk about? <laughs> We need a tangential intro filler, uh, and you're the perfect man for that job. <laughs> let's just go ahead and let's book it now. Uh, hey, oh, guys. Wow. Um, our team is way different. <laughs> way different. It's, uh, it's, it's very different than what it was uh, a week ago. When did the... Yeah, yeah, a week ago, because the trade... It feels like we've gone through so much emotions you know it feels like it's been the third uh, season where we've been the worst team in the league already and it's been a week (laughs) yeah yeah it has it hasn't even been a week right it happened like really really late or really early last uh friday morning right yeah that's true saturday saturday yeah it was saturday that's right i'm Uh, you know me i'm on summer dude i have no idea what day it is i love it i love it yeah yeah i was on vacation it started on last wednesday but then if you want to get really technical, it started when we hired uh, Billy Donovan. And then if you want to get really, really technical, <laughs> it started when we traded James Harden. But then it all goes back to the team moving from Seattle. So, I mean, come on. I was yeah. going to say, this is the type of episode it's about to be, folks. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, really, really, it goes back to the invention of basketball in the uh, country of Canada. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, they um, just won an NBA championship. We should all be to talking about that, right? Right? I mean, right? We're That's all the excited. thing that, that we all talk about all year is who's going to win the championship, and then it happened, 
And Here's now one thing. A crap. <laughs> I bet Clay Bennett and Sam Presti hate the 4th of July. It's been an awful holiday for them. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you are definitely right about that. Um, I used to feel like April was the worst month in the, in the calendar year, but it's, it is slowly, not really slowly. It is, it is now officially July. <laughs> July is the, the worst month of my existence. As they usually a have some pretty, planet. usually have some pretty awful Februarys. That's usually what it is for me. Anyway. Yeah. Our um, basketball February was pretty good this year. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Won't be able to say that for a long good. time. We yeah, started this podcast in February. February. Yeah, this February was that's, fine. That's I don't know what right. I'm talking about. We that's we true. picked a really bad time to do this, guys. <laughs> we picked a great time. We are going to be we, uh, spearheading the beginning of the new Thunder. Yeah, it's it'll be great. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let, let's. I'll lead the way on this. Uh, let, let's get to our reactions. Um, so I, I found out, uh, like a lot of people found out, like I, I woke up and actually, uh, Julie woke me up and she was like, I'm about to make you real sad. And, uh, I said, you know what, you know, I thought, you know, someone had passed away or whatever. And, and she told me about the, the Paul George trade. And I, you know, we, we go through all these, we go through this cycle of all these emotions. I mean, I think shock was the first one. Mm-hmm. And then it and then it kind of went into anger, uh, and then it kind of went into reflection, and then it kind of went into numbness, and it's kind of moved up and down through all those emotions, kind of very steadily over over the past several days since it's happened. But I will say this: um, I think. And, and you, you two know me very, very well, and we've been friends for many years, and you know that I generally have a positive outlook on life concerning most things. And one emotion that has kind of drifted in for me is hope, for sure, um, just because that's just how I am. I have, a, I have a positive outlook on things, and I'm always thinking that if something bad happens, and as Oklahoma City Thunder fans, we have uh, we've dealt with many bad things that have happened. Um, most notably in July, as uh, Eddie pointed out. But I think that uh, I think that sometimes things happen, and then that leads to other things happening. And even if it's you know four, five, or even ten years down the road, it's part of the story, and we reflect on it, and and maybe we even realize, oh, that needed to happen for the team to get where they are now. It is tough. It is tough for sure. Um, I'm still proud to be a Thunder fan. I'm still going to support the team, even though they may be one of the worst teams in the league next year, uh, because that's the kind of fan that I'm dedicating myself to be. I'm not just going to watch the team and enjoy the team when they're good. Uh, I'm going to support the team even when they're bad, because I think that's part of being a fan. And I've never respected... I hate to call out like a, a fan base, but I've never respected like OU football fans that only like the team when they're doing really well. And OU, the OU football team most seasons is like are very good and they're, you know, one of the best teams in the big 12 and all that kind of stuff. But I've never liked the fans that are quote unquote bandwagon fans. And that's definitely not going to be me. I'm, I'm going to support the team no matter what and commit myself to watch as many games as I can and be hopeful for 
uh, the future of the franchise. Well, you just, you just, I mean, there goes the rest of our listeners, Jeremy. <laughs> you just offended them. <laughs> no, nah, a lot of our listeners aren't from Oklahoma. <laughs> That's yeah. You know, uh, the, the, I think I do. I, I'm opposite of you, Jeremy. I, I am been wallowing in this pit of despair for a week now. But one thing I'll say that, you know, I don't actually think we are going to be the worst team next season. Uh, and we may not even be like one of the one of the worst. I think we're probably going to be at least better than the bottom four. Maybe. I mean, given what we got back and what we currently still have, depending. Um, I mean, even if what we believe is going to happen will happen. I still think that this team is is good for, I mean, at least high twenties in wins. Maybe I mean, we're out, we're not going to make the playoffs. We're not going to com- be competitive in really any kind of way. But we're going to be better than the Knicks. We're going to be better than Cleveland. Uh, you know, and given the, I mean, look at what happened to Charlotte. We're going to be better than Charlotte. Like we're going to be better than some teams, and we're going to win some games. Um, but that's really the only positive I can take out of this, at least right this second. Franchises have gone. I mean, this is a, a huge, huge hit to to our beloved team and then the franchise. But I mean, franchises have gone through this kind of thing before. I mean, look, look what happened to Cleveland when LeBron left. I mean, they were in the depths of despair. Um, and, you know, the Warriors, their decline has started and it may be a few more seasons, but eventually they're going to hit rock bottom, too, you know. Um, I, I, it just happens, you know, in professional sports. It's just a thing that as fans, we, we have to live with. Um, I, I am, and we can get to the specifics concerning specific players, you know, later in the podcast, but I'm hesitant to say if the team will be bad, if, if they'll be fine. Like, I, I don't know. And to be honest with you, it's not that important to me right now. Like it's like, I don't, Right now, I do not care if they make the playoffs next year. That's like not even a thing that I'm thinking about. There's so many other things that I'm concerned with and that I'm thinking about constantly concerning our team that that those kinds of things don't don't even really matter, especially, you know, concerning next season. Victor, your thoughts? Uh, my reactions and yeah. Okay. So if I remember correctly, uh, you were up. Yeah, I was up with some, but I was like out. <clears throat> I was out with friends, and I was like, I had come home and about to go to bed, and I looked at my phone, and I was like, oh no way. Um, <laughs> and you know, the five stages of grief are denial, anger, depression, bargaining, and acceptance. And I think I just went through all of them in like an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> Where I was yeah. just like, oh man. Um. Well. I don't know what's going to happen if Russell, I mean, and then I, I was like, oh, well, Russell's probably going to have to go. Um, and yeah, Wow. Yeah, that was an awful night. Um, <laughs> um, I just think that I was shocked to see that happen in that way, just because we were pretty solid on Paul George staying and us running it back maybe with uh, lots of good parts. But then as soon as that happened, you were just like, well, the uh, – that Thunder had a DNR anyway going into this year. Or if it doesn't work out this season, pull it and let's be done. So I was like, man, this is happening way faster than I wanted it to happen. 
Um, yeah. Which is what happens sometimes, I think, um, <clears throat> which makes things difficult to take. But like we've been talking about just now on this pod, what we have in place moving forward makes me feel good about our particular positioning compared to other types of rebuilds. Uh, I think that we're going to mm-hmm. have a lot of decent amount, a lot of decent assets um, to either make moves or develop into a pretty nice uh, program again. The problem is that, man, does that take a whole lot of time? Um, yeah. So we are going to have to be patient as fans, no doubt. Um, and, so, but, and some fan, fans won't be patient. I mean, that's just the way it is. Oh, yeah. That's how it goes. And I mean, there's some things to think about. Um, depending on who we keep and what gets moves around or whatever. But it's interesting to see uh, Billy Donovan go into this last year of his contract with essentially a college basketball team in <laughs> um, a way to kind of restart. And you wonder if there are going to be like just big changes, like a complete overhaul in the way we do things. We're going to have brand new assistant coaches. It's a lot of, it's a lot of change at the same time, which is, mm-hmm. Um, if you've lived in America, <laughs> you know that that's not awesome all the time. Um, and sometimes it is <laughs> yeah. at the end. So, yeah. Our first pod after the Thunder. Right. Yeah. Our first pod after the Thunder were eliminated from the playoffs this year. Uh, we talked a lot about change. Like we expected change to come. And, uh, you know, I we certainly did not think that it was going to be this kind of change. You know, yeah. I, we thought that it was going to be more about Russell changing his game. And, um, you know, we talked about some other specifics concerning the actual game of basketball and not the players and the team and, and all that kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, our, our, our team is uh, is going through a lot of change right now. And, um, I mean, like I said, I, I think as fans, if you put yourself in a place to enjoy it, you can enjoy it. For me, I was, I've had this speech in my head for a while, and I was saving it for the beginning of the season, but, uh, and, I'll, and I'll give a very shortened version of it. But my favorite season of, of Thunder basketball was Russell's MVP season, the season after Kevin left. And the reason it was my favorite is we, because there was absolutely – no pressure whatsoever. Like there was all this pressure when Kevin was on the team before. And we felt that pressure for the last couple of years too. Are they going to get out of the first round of the playoffs? Uh, are they going to be a, a, a championship contender? Is Paul George going to resign? You know, and, and even back then, is Kevin going to resign? And, and there was always all this pressure, all the, all these storylines that were built into every season that added an extra level of nervousness. You know, when we would watch every game and, an extra level of despair every time they would lose a game. But this upcoming season, I mean, and who knows what the team's going to look like and all that, but there's going to be no pressure. I mean, I, I'm just, I'm, I won't use the word excited, but I'm prepared to watch the team grow and watch the team evolve into something else. Um, so one of the emotions that, that has kind of affected me over the past few days is hope. I mean, I, I think that, uh, I think that the team eventually will be fine, and and I think that the team will still be fun to watch, uh, however they're constructed, because, you know, it's our team. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Eddie, go ahead. 
I I mean, I just I've been listening to you guys and I I haven't been able to talk about this like since this happened. I haven't talked to anyone. I've ignored every attempted conversation um that could potentially lead to this since it happened because it's still very very it stings uh a lot still. I'm kind of jealous of you guys for having traveled through the grieving process so quickly because I've not, and I probably won't. Um, This is going to linger with me for a long time because it just means so much to me. And, uh, you know, I, I do, I do feel the hope that you're talking about Jeremy when I am able to kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel. I do see that there is, there is truly a bright future for the thunder. I mean, we have, we have possibly the best rebuilding package ever in the history of the league. <laughs> it's someone said, it's like an expansion franchise. Yeah. Uh, you give it, you have, you're creating a new team and it's like, we have to give them the leg up that they deserve. And you have to give Sam Presti all the credit in the world for that. Um, but every time that I do think about that, I'm always brought back down to the reality of the, well, this is probably something that Sam Presti is responsible for. Uh, and that hurts a lot. Um, because I've always trusted him. I mean, the motto has always been impressed that we trust, but I think if you look back, you can really point to a lot of, a lot of Sam's decisions that have directly led to a lot of bad things that have happened to the thunder. So you kind of take the good with the bad, and right now we just had a bad that is going to lead to some good. You know, it's a, you burn the forest to create the soil. Um, but uh, yeah, I just I, as you can tell, this is very difficult for me. I don't, I don't know, I don't know if I'm even ready to process everything yet. Um, it is weird that. Like it happened less than a week ago, and and it feels like we've been living with it for a long time, probably because it's been on all our thoughts for, you know, every minute of every day uh, since we heard the news. Um, I mean, this this is me. Uh, hopefully, not being too meta, but I th- hopefully being just practical. We have a podcast about a team. Like clearly, it's gonna be it's gonna be affecting us. The how the team has been here for how many years? 11. 11. It'd be, 11 equivalent, it'd be the equivalent of like feeling like your wife of 11 years cheated on you. <laughs> you the, know what I mean? The analogy that I was thinking just a moment ago is very morbid, but this is an analogy that I use a lot that, and uh, Victor, you'll be well versed in, but um, it's like we just had a, you know, a puppy that we raised and that puppy just died. And we're trying to deal with that. And in the meantime, now we have this new puppy, which is great. Um, but because of what we've just seen, I, I, I can't help but think like, you know, you know, it's going to happen again. <laughs> uh, you know, am I going to, am I going to start to develop an affinity for, for our young players, for Diallo and Burden and Baisley? And are they going to start to create incredible memories for me? Um, and to be let down, I, you know, that's just my pessimism, my pessimism and and faux realism, I guess. Um, you know, um, I've talked before on this pod about how my dad used sports to 
kind of teach me a whole lot of things about life. And I think that one thing I'm thankful about that he did it that way is that this situation is, is something that I feel like is very uh, practical and pertinent to real life. Just kind of, I mean, Lion King's about to come out, a circle of life, and yada, 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 you know? Um, so also as an educator to like, last year we graduated um, the students that were my first freshman class. My first year they were freshmen, we were new together and we graduated them this last graduation. And I was like, man, this is really rough for me at this point. Um, but it's like, well, that's just going to keep happening. <laughs> so at some point I either get used to it and start enjoying other things about the situation. Um, I guess you, it's just waiting for the hardening, you know? Yeah. That it's interesting that you use that word, Victor, just now hardening, because I I've been thinking about how I, I have hardened a little bit too. I mean, I, I used to be, I, I mean, I am a giant thunder Homer, but now I'm mature enough to understand like the business of the league. And I'm mature enough to understand, you know, other teams perspectives and other fans of other franchises perspectives on things. And I, I think that, uh, that all these devastating things that have happened with the thunder, you know, um, because, because the Harden thing was like very, very upsetting when that happened. And then, you know, Kevin leaving was very upsetting. Losing the finals. I mean, that was hard. That was really, really tough to watch the team lose the finals, especially lose four games in a row. Um, and now this, like, I think all these things are happening and, and they're kind of, helping me view the team as a more realistic entity, if that makes sense. And not just some like fantasy, like superstar, wonderful myth, you know, that, that I can just kind of look at and, and admire, but it's helping me see like the human side of the players and the human side of, you know, everyone in the front office and how things affect other things years down the road and, and all of that. So, um, so I, in a weird way, I think this is helping me mature as a, as, as a fan of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, well, it's it's which it's is sobering. It's crazy. It's, it's growing up and finally finding out that Santa Claus isn't real. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what that, I, do? I actually, stopped caring about um, Christmas when that happened. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. actually a very very good analogy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, the first we can kind of kind of move in, into this topic. Um, so, so the first, when I, when I heard the news and, and read everything, the first person I was very upset with was Sam Presti, but, but then I started to like read some different things and I started to think about it a little bit more. I mean, I, Presti has to do what the ownership wants to do, especially if it concerns large amounts of money, you know, and, and I don't know what the conversation was there. I mean, really no one knows. Uh, and I'm sure the whole Thunder organization, the whole front office that deals with all that stuff, they were, I'm sure they were just as surprised, if not more so than we were as fans when, when Paul George's agent contacted them and said, Hey, I want out, you know, I want, I want to go play with Kawhi in, in LA. Um, so, so at first I was really mad at Presti, but then, you know, I, I started to get mad at Clay Bennett. Like, man, we got, you know, Paul George and Russell Westbrook, you know, let's, and, and the team is way, way more leveled out now, you know, now that the Warriors aren't the Warriors anymore. Um, so next season could, could be our year. I mean, I really felt that as a fan. So, you know, so I was angry about that. And then, you know, of course I started getting angry at Paul George for doing that. Um, and then 
and then you could be angry about Kawhi. Um, and even some Thunder fans, I don't know if you, you guys have seen this, but some Thunder fans are saying this is all Kevin Durant's fault because apparently uh, it's been reported that Kawhi approached Kevin Durant and, and said like, hey, let's team up in L.A. And he didn't want to. He said no. Um, <laughs> so if that would have happened, you know, I mean, Paul George would still uh, be with Oklahoma City, which is kind of fun. Well, hey, before but, we move on, think yeah. about that. He had to say no because <laughs> he would have played with Kawhi. Uh, in yeah. the team that beat Golden State again, um, if he would have went with him to another team, then man, this, the Kevin Durant slander would have been never ending. Yeah, and we would. Yeah, have you're seen right. Some you're, you're crazy, crazy stuff. Anyway, yeah, go ahead. I actually, I actually hadn't thought about that, but you're right. I mean, Kevin probably thought about that. Like, man, people are going to hate me even more, and I want people to love me. Kevin Durant is in a place in his life and his career where he wants love. He he has not gotten the love that he thinks he deserves. So I. I don't think it's Kevin's fault at all. I mean, I, I just think that it was, it was something that, that just kind of happened, but you know, it may be kind of therapeutic to talk about this. Who in your eyes guys is the biggest villain in all of this? Is it Presty? Is it Clay Bennett? Is it Kwai? Is it Paul George? Like, like who, who do you want to be angry at? Can I give an honorable mention? Cause I have two, but one's way lesser. Yeah, of course. Uh, Patrick Beverly. <laughs> oh gosh. Because he's he is it has finally come all the way around to where he has been rewarded for injuring Russ that season. Oh man, that's tough. That's tough to think about. Um. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Someone else go. <laughs> what was your What was your your non honor honorable mention? Your dishonorable mention? <laughs> A dishonorable mention. Um. I was going to blame Kawhi. Yeah. But not not in really that aggressive of a way, but just in a oh man, that's really rough. Um but I'm what, not what I, was I didn't really just wasn't what surprised. was his mentality? You know what I mean? Like what what was Kawhi's mentality? Did he just want to play in LA because yes. he he just won a championship. Yeah, I mean, he, he wanted to play he in just LA. Did it. So if he really valued championships i mean i think the logical thing for him to do would have been to stay in toronto because they were running it back they they were getting all the same players that they had and the west was loading up again just like the west loads up every summer so he probably could have had a fairly easy path to the finals yet again but um these are the questions that like as much as we uh poo poo on like mitch mcgarry He's been in the league, so I want to ask him, like, what are the percentage of the players that are in the league that really, really care about winning a championship? And how many of them are just, like, having a great time making millions of dollars? Yeah. I mean, that's it's a very, it's a very poignant thing, I think. Uh, maybe poignant is not the right word, but it's, it's very intriguing, that question. Yeah. Because, I mean, I do. We've talked about this in the pod before. I do believe every player in the league is competitive. I don't think they'd be professional athletes if they didn't have a competitive spirit, but I think it is totally possible. It is very, very possible that they put winning a championship lower on their list of priorities and and who knows what's higher. It could be money. It could be uh, where you get to live. It could be who you get to play with. It could be, you know, the city that you live in that, you know, there's, there's more family there. I mean, I think there's, there's so many things like we talk about these players all the time and we think that we, 
we think that we know what they're thinking and we guess and we try to get in their psyche. I mean, look what, uh, oh, the Pacers point guard. What's his name? The guy that just retired. Uh, Darren Collison. Who? Yeah. Look at, look at what Darren Collison oh. did. Oh yeah. He's 30, he's 31 years old. He was slated to make like $12 million next season on a new contract, but he, he retired because, you know, he, I, I read some stuff about it. Like he just wanted to, spend more time with his family and he uh gosh what are those people called the, the people Jehovah's that go to witness yeah jehovah's witness yeah he like he valued that in his life so obviously that stuff was way higher priority to him than winning a championship and look what kevin just did now now kevin like has some quote-unquote rings now um they're still in quotes always <laughs> always and forever what an awful hasn't life to live to just know that people are like you know he won those rings yeah. Kevin could have easily, easily teamed up with Kawhi because that would have given him a much better chance to win a championship sooner. But, you know, he he went to the East. He went to a, a team that has had almost no success in the, in the past decade, past 15 years. I don't know. The Nets played in the finals at one point, right, when they, Jason Kidd went, was on the team. There were two times in the finals, I think, with Jason yep, Kidd. Yep, yeah. But, it, but it's been a long time. I mean, it's been like two decades. 16, 17 years. Yeah. So that decision, I, I think like winning championships didn't motivate that decision that Kevin Durant made and Kawhi going to LA and playing with the Clippers, like maybe winning a championship didn't really motivate that decision either. I mean, you never know. I, he, Kawhi is, never not, know. is not motivated by winning. I don't, I yeah. don't think that he's motivated by winning. I mean, he's good enough that he doesn't, it doesn't matter. I mean, he's still going to win. Kawhi is motivated about building his brand. That's why he wanted to leave San Antonio. That's why he left Toronto because now he's in LA. He went from sitting out an entire year with the franchise that drafted him to being the biggest name in the league now and having done the most powerful move ever for any basketball player. I mean, that's all the dude. He's, he's a, he's Michael Corleone, man. <laughs> He's the godfather. He's ruthless. <laughs> he has destroyed three franchises in his wake with two championships. Um, I, I guess I can't say destroyed. You can't really destroy the Spurs because they have Greg Popovich, but Toronto is probably not going to be that great. Our franchise is obviously restarting, and it's all because of decisions that he made and mm. his uncle made. We can't we can't negate Uncle Dennis's. Um, <laughs> factor in all this in fact i think it's probably the biggest thing um it's all about branding mm -hmm. and money and build it because the way that the nba is now it's not about how much money you make when you're playing basketball because you're going to make a lot of money more money than ever i mean magic johnson signed the very first one million dollar contract in the nba in the early 1980s i mean think about that you're talking about magic johnson like <laughs> Literally in everyone's top five ever, no matter what he's there. He had the first million dollar contract. We give million dollars to people that will never play a single minute every season. Dude, yeah, we used to, like, I remember whenever Kevin Garnett was the highest paid at 21 million in a season yeah. Yeah. and, there and are, then Kobe got 24 a season. And now are people getting paid 35 there was a really great uh, post I saw on Twitter. Twitter's been spotty. I can't pull it up right now, but um, I'm trying to remember the guy's name. The He's the running back 
that has led the NFL in touchdowns for the last two seasons. And I don't pay attention to the NFL, so I can't tell you who his name is. Um, but he came out and he said, I'm looking at these NBA contracts and like I've led the league in touchdowns two seasons in a row and I make like less than a quarter of what this guy make and I can't even pronounce his name. He's making $80 million <laughs> and I don't even know who he is. And he's exactly right. Like there's so much money in the NBA and so fewer players to share it with. I mean, there's like 400 players at the, in the NBA at any given time, NBA players. And you have NFL teams that have 55 people on a roster. Um, I mean, but those, there's just yeah, so much it's, money. It's interesting and you, because the NFL is like worse have, for you. You don't, you don't have to, to want to win to make yourself and set yourself up for the rest of your life and your family in the NBA. You just have to be good enough to get there. And I think that that's probably one of the things that has led to what I feel is kind of a step back in the competitive nature of modern NBA players. I mean, yeah, I know that's that's a very old school, like get off my lawn kind of thing to say. Um, but no, you didn't see this sort of stuff happen back, back in the day. Now, granted that is because it wasn't allowed. Uh, we've consistently, the players union has consistently, uh, advocated to get more power to the players. And I think that obviously what Kawhi has shown is they have the most power they've ever had and are now probably more powerful than the actual franchises themselves. It's at least the it, star players. Yeah, that's, that's valid. Like all that stuff you said is very, very valid. Um, and it, it may be like an old school, get off my lawn mentality, but I think it's concerning. And you know, who else thinks it's concerning is Adam silver. Like at a press conference in Las Vegas, he said like, players demanding contracts is quote concerning and it quote will be addressed or whatever. I can't remember the exact thing, but we're headed um, for the worst lockout the league has ever seen. I would not be surprised when the next CBA comes up that we miss a whole season. Well, yeah, I Mm -hmm. it's, it's a, it's a, it's a societal problem. It's an age old problem of this is a league that these players are playing in. And I feel like from their perspective, uh, the inverse of what Kawhi did happened so freely and easily to them um, that you're right. Absolutely. That even though this is very like catastrophic, they're just like, I mean, it happens to us the opposite way, which I understand, but it also is still catastrophic. (laughs) So it's interesting because both sides have uh, different perspectives and both to me seem valid. So I you know I if know. you, if you want to go to like, if you want to take this to its ethics basics, um, like what is it? Is it Kantian ethics, which says that like you should, you should do the most amount of good for the most amount of people. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is when a team trades a player, that's, that's doing the, the least amount of bad to the least amount of people. But when a tr- when a player signs a contract and wants out of it right after they sign it, that what we're seeing right now is destroying an entire franchise, an entire group of people, fans, the organization, the staff, the other players on the team are all now going in a totally different direction than they were before. And yeah. that that is to me, one of that, that, that is the problem. 
And I'm, I am sympathetic to the players having control over their own destiny and over their own career. They are the ones that provide and create the product. Um, and I understand that, but I definitely think that they're, the, the pendulum has swung f- a bit too far in the opposite direction. And I think that the CBA and the negotiations around that are going to be very contentious because no one likes to give up power when they have it. So we will see what happens, but I'm, I'm, I'm not expecting good things. When um, is that when, happening? I think when it, it's 2022 maybe. Yeah. It was the, like 10 years double after draft. the last one. The same here's the double draft too. So that's kind of upsetting. Yeah, yeah. So, um, honest, and this is a, along the lines of what we're talking about here, but on a scale of one to ten, ten being the maddest, how upset with you are at Paul George? I initially wrote a tweet that was very immature and childish, and I regretted it almost immediately and deleted it, but I was pretty angry at Paul George because the first, you know, I saw... I, I never even explained how how all this information came to me. I woke up at 3.33 in the morning, and uh, because we live in 2019, the first thing I do is look at my phone, and I saw your messages, Victor, and I was like, oh, great. What what just happened? Did Kawhi sign with the Lakers? <laughs> that would have been much preferable. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that would have been uh, much better. So I, I looked it up and I got on Twitter and I saw everything in reverse chronological order and I saw that um, I saw that Paul George had been traded and that they were both going to the Clippers. But I had to scroll down a little bit to see the follow-up tweet from Waj that said that Paul George is the one that initiated everything, that he is the one that requested the trade. And that was the first time that I broke down and cried that morning. Um yeah. Because that really, I mean, that was like a just a complete and total sucker punch, man. Just like this man that has made the past two years all about how much he is enjoying and loving Oklahoma City and how he spurned the Lakers twice to stay with us and how he wanted to play with Russell Westbrook and that he had unfinished business and all of this. And... Lo and behold, it was all just smoke. And he actually wanted to really go back home and play in Los Angeles. So I was initially pretty upset at him about that, but obviously I can't I can't hold that in because it's not like he left us with nothing. We got the biggest trade package ever for a star, for an MVP caliber player. I mean, we have 11 first round picks over the next seven seasons. We've got, I hope people understand that all this stuff is like this hall. First of all, the leverage that we already had where the particular timing of this was you guys need to get Kawhi. He's saying it's not happening without Paul George. I want to know how many phone calls the Clippers were like, how about these two picks? And Presley's like more. And you call back later. Yeah. How about these two picks and this pick Uh, more? Well, okay. No, about, this is, <laughs> you, know? you have. I mean, and it cannot be. Again, Presti. I I am so one completely conflicted about that man, but he was as ruthless 
as Kawhi Leonard in all of this. Yeah. As soon as he, he realized this that the ship, the ship, as soon as he realized that the ship was sinking, he was like, I'm throwing all of you down there with me. We're mm-hmm. all going down one way or another. You may get what you want right now, but I mean, he, the way that he played the Toronto Raptors against the Clippers yeah. and just kept leveraging both of those guys to go up, even throwing Russ in, in as a trade bait for Toronto, which I don't th- I think was complete bluff. I don't think that he was he would have actually pulled that deal through. Um, oh yeah, probably not. I don't think that that would have happened, but he he did it. I mean, he did something incredible to set the team up for the future. I mean, we can talk about the specifics of those picks because I think that they are a bit of fool's gold. I think they look a little bit shinier and prettier than they actually are. Um, I think when you get real close to them, they have a little bit of a stink. Um, just given how, where they are and where they potentially will land in those particular drafts, it's it's questionable that they were they're as valuable as we think they are. But nevertheless, there are eleven of them, <laughs> so yeah. we do have leverage. And as I said before, it is it is the greatest restart that any team could ever hope for. Um, and we haven't even traded our franchise player yet, or yeah. our next highest salary, which is also likely to go. So, yeah, I mean, I really Sam, like. Sam I really it, like the fact that out. the, yeah, the Clippers didn't want to give up uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander. Like that was widely reported that they loved him and they wanted to keep him and they, they saw him, as uh, not the cornerstone, but they saw him as a piece moving forward for what is now a championship contending team. Uh, and Presti got him, which is great, and he he could be you know a wonderful point guard for the Thunder moving forward. Um, so I think all that, all that stuff is good. Victor, are you mad at Paul George? Um, yeah. Um, I'm mad. (laughs) I'm, I'm mad at signing the contract that he signed and I, I'm mad at that situation, but I also am being realistic about, um, the future of this particular team and how he felt the chances the, were moving forward. If that makes sense, the Clippers or the, the Clippers or the thunder, the thunder. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um, only because I feel like if you're one of the, if you're Russ or him and you're sitting in our locker room and you know how the NBA works, um, but you've been out in the first round and then free agency comes around and we picked up Mike Mascala <laughs> and you're like, what? <laughs> like what, how, okay, maybe it'll be fine. But you know, it, I feel like those thoughts, like enough of those build up whenever you keep having all these setbacks that I'm not saying it, it's a good excuse or anything, but I, I'm saying I definitely see how you get there. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, whenever I talked to my dad, I talked to my dad about it for like 35 minutes. Um, the first thing he said was, well, we all knew he wanted to be in Los Angeles. And I was like, yeah. And that's <laughs> it's like whenever you get into a relationship that, you know, is going to end <laughs> like immediately. <laughs> and you're like, oh, she's awful, though, and clearly wants to move. Um, there's no reason to stay there. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, yeah. You felt they didn't have an out, but they had an out, if that makes sense. Um, I think it all, I mean, I don't think that this, I don't think Paul George goes along with this if 
it had never come out that we were shopping Stephen Adams. Exactly. The fact that Clay Bennett told Presty that we can't be in the tax, you have to reduce this this bill, and that we were shopping that guy, that guy in particular. Um, I think that really pretty much showed to Paul that this team isn't is going nowhere quickly. Yeah, and that he needed to take this opportunity, and I don't blame him for that. Like I said, I'm not. I don't hold any anger towards Paul. Do I ever want him to win a championship? Hell no. <laughs> I don't ever want that man to win a championship. I hope the Clippers are just destroyed in any number of ways. I'll be rooting against them. They're the only team I really hate anymore. <laughs> the Rockets man, are dying. The here Warriors we were. Here we were about to go into a season without us hating any team at all. And just to ha- about <laughs> to have right. just a great season. We're like, oh, look at this team. Oh, cool. Look at this. But now. Yeah. <laughs> well, side note, I'd like to take a moment and complain about all of the national media suddenly saying that now that Kawhi has made this decision, there's parody again. Because that's not right. If Kawhi had stayed with Toronto, then you have parody. Yeah. Then you have a league that is balanced on both sides of the of the country. And that the, is wide open for any team to go in there and do what they need to do. I think that not, what, this is this is completely un, taking the balance away. I mean, along you those lines, the, the reigning championships, the reigning champion, plus another contender in the West. Um, along those lines, I think I'm just upset knowing that if like Westbrook goes to Miami, they're not going to say that about him doing that. <laughs> they're not going to be like, oh wow, Russell Westbrook is in the East now. Now the East is a lot better because there's like no respect for Russell Westbrook. Um, there think, is no respect. I think for I think Russell that Westbrook. honestly, that's the only, what makes me more upset about it. It's like I'm like sure Kawhi Leonard's gonna go to the Clippers and all right, but what it is is that he hurt two other teams. <laughs> yeah, he was like, oh Kevin I, uh, Durant, you just hurt your only enemy. Let me kill two teams. Anything you could do, I could do better. <laughs> I wasn't even <laughs> mad at Kevin anymore. It had gotten to the point where I was like, yeah. oh, Kevin and Kyrie just want to embrace the meme. They just want to embrace the... <laughs> exactly, that they're the, weird. The flat earth anti-vax kind of thing. Go do that. Go be your number seven and do whatever you're going to do. And fine, have fun in Brooklyn. But then this happened and it's like, you're, you're telling me that if a potential finals in 2021 is Los Angeles Clippers and Brooklyn Nets. I'm going to have to root for freaking Kevin Durant again. Come oh, on, gosh. man. Oh, no, Come I'm going to love it. I'm like, do it. Do it. Gain all this love. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Gain all of it. <laughs> I'd love it. Dude. I, uh, I'd love that comeback story. I wouldn't like him, but I'd be like, man, what a great story for someone who doesn't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're totally right. I, uh... I feel the same way you feel, Eddie, about Paul, uh, about Paul George. Um, I'm not angry with him. I, I will say that it was, I, I believe it was weak. It was a weak move, especially since he committed to the team a year ago. Um, you know, it certainly wasn't as weak as what Kevin did. What Kevin did is was the weakest thing in the history of the NBA. Um, I mean, that was a 10 on the weak scale. What Paul George did is like, you know, a 6 or a 7. But... Um, I, you know, when we talked about this earlier, the 
the construction of the league and, and it's kind of leaning toward this, you know, players having lots of power and long contracts don't matter anymore. Uh, multiple year contracts don't matter because they're just going to demand a trade and go play with the players they want to play with anyway. Um, and all that. So, you know, concerning the picks, like we have all these picks from the Clippers and, and the heat, like so, some of the, the guys that I listen to, uh, you know, Andrew Schlecht and Royce Young and some of these other guys, like who knows what those picks are going to be. I mean, the Clippers could be awful in three years. I mean, and, and then those picks are really good. Maybe it's like a, like a number two, number three, or maybe even a number one pick. So you just, you don't know, like the way the league works now, the business behind it, things change so rapidly. I mean, I don't know exactly what happened to make that happen. Probably the last CBA agreement that changed money and how teams can sign players and, Oh, and how much more money the league got. The league also just came into a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so who knows? I mean, who the heck knows if any of us thought that the league was going to be constructed this way in April. I mean, if future Victor, Jeremy and Eddie, like, visited the pod you know that we recorded in april when the thunder was going into the playoffs like it's actually going to be like this in july guys we would be like oh get out of here you guys are stupid (laughs) you're probably drunk go home you know it's just it changes so rapidly and it's still changing i mean there's there's still going to be trades that are going to be made and uh, there's still going to be players that are going to be signed to teams we don't expect and, and all that you know all the big pieces have landed but there's lots of other moving parts for sure yeah, I think uh, one thing that I I know I, for me it feels like I feel good about having so many of the future picks, even though it can be uneasy. You don't know, like they could be low twenties or whatever. But to me, first round draft pick is is money, and like that's so. Even if we get to twenty twenty, yeah. and then we have some pretty good pieces, and then there's a trade available where they want some of those picks, that's going to help us out. I think. Yeah, like we're gonna be able they, to pick uh, up. We're gonna be able to pick up a star off of th- unknowns. I mean, Jeremy Grant's gone for an unknown, so it's a loot box. <laughs> yeah, it's a loot box. It's like modern gaming. Like you get this, you get an opportunity. Yeah, to open the door and see what's behind it, and yeah. that opportunity is more valuable most of the time than what is behind the door. So I I imagine that we're going to be seeing a whole lot of draft day trades for the Thunder over the coming years. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like there I, always is anyway. <laughs> I mean, not did, always, but we it didn't do a anything lot this, this year, anyway. which is, which was kind yeah. of strange. Um, but, I, and in a lot of ways that makes me feel like that we may be, you know, we may be contending sooner than we think. Um, but it may just not be with the players that we imagine it could be, you know? Yeah. 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 I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. There is just uh, so much unknown about that. You're right, Jeremy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just the way the league is and it's, you know what? It's like very entertaining when it happens to other franchises. It's like very entertaining for us, you know, but when it happens to ours, it's, it's quite devastating. Yeah, so there's a scenario the league is. Where both Kawhi Leonard and Paul George break both of their legs all of the way off. And then <laughs> they're an awful team. And then that draft pick uh, for the, oh my goodness, guys, there's a situation where the Clippers give us 
the best team ever. <laughs> yeah, that that could totally happen. It totally could. There's a situation where Paul George's shoulders don't heal right, and he has to have another surgery, and he can't play the whole season. That that could totally happen. I mean, it's it's not common, but it has happened. There's a it situation where when he was Kawhi Leonard bores himself to sleep, and he can't even wake up because of how boring <laughs> he is. <laughs> <laughs> It's a situation where he just uh, decides to buy New Balance and run New Balance, and uh, exactly. he doesn't care exactly. about basketball anymore. That's, you saying that the way that people used to say, "This is a situation where Donald Trump is president." Like that's probably going to happen now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Oh gosh! All right, guys, uh, let's uh, l- let's let's talk about you know what we want for Russell last. Maybe that would be a good thing. Um, but first, let's talk about Jeremy Grant. That was also a surprise. I did not see that coming. Um, I thought, I mean, we were under the, we were, we were, our perception was like, hey, they are breaking this team down and they're going to rebuild this team. But I thought Jeremy Grant was going to be part of the rebuild. He's young. He's getting better every year. Uh, he was on a pretty good contract, you know, uh, yeah, so I was surprised that, by that. I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't surprised. I, mean, I yeah. wasn't surprised at all. I mean, I, I didn't expect it i think um i've i mean ever since saturday i've been in that kind of numb state where i saw the jeremy grant trade and i was just like oh yeah well that makes sense um i mean we were, <laughs> I, I we were paying him dennis good, schroeder you know we were, but we were I, paying I a good amount of money him. well that's the thing like we we have to trade what's valuable yeah. dennis schroeder is not valuable i mean that's why we're having trouble that's why we had trouble trying to get rid of steven adams he's not valuable I mean, there are no centers that are making very much money right now, and no one in the world wants to pay Stephen Adams $25 million. Why not? That's how much Kevin Garnett was getting paid in 2004. (laughs) Yes. Well, (laughs) that was a different sport back then. No one wanted to pay uh, Boogie, you know? No No one one wanted wanted to pay pay Boogie. Dwight Howard might not ever play another basketball game. Yeah. Four-time defensive player of the year. Who led his team to the finals? I just, all right. How does not everyone feel like that? It's only going to be Anthony Davis on that team. Like everyone else is going to be injured. They're so old, especially anyway, with LeBron so, being the point guard. Like, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Anyway, sorry. I, we're talking about this. Um, Jeremy Grant. Yeah. I think. I think what I what happened when I saw that was I was like, oh, that kind of rebuild is what I thought is what happened. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, oh. Like we're all okay. Yeah. I will say that removed any possible hope because the morning of Saturday after I had slept and I woke up, I had the initial bargaining and thinking to myself, okay, we've got five picks. We can turn those five picks into Bradley Beal or we can turn those five picks into Blake Griffin and we can give, Russ, one more hurrah to try to do something with a, do, a new player and see what we can do. Um, and that was kind of my initial hoping for a little bit, even though that everything that I was reading was saying contrary to that. I, I don't want to acknowledge that. Uh, but when we traded Jeremy Grant, that's whenever I knew officially, like, no, it's not. We're not running it back. We're not picking up anyone else. It's It's time to... Lay the dynamite and light the fuse. And that's yeah. what's happening. And so I was not even upset. I wasn't bothered by that. 
I'm happy for Jeremy. He's going to go play on a team that could very well win the top seed in the West. Yeah, I am too. And I love I love Jeremy Grant. We all do. We love his personality. We He's going to make me like Denver. Yeah, yeah. I don't uh, know if that's possible. I don't think I can like Denver. <laughs> well, I, I like love Jeremy. Jokic. I love Jokic as much as he's frustrated. I like Paul Millsap. He's a good Jokic. guy, but yeah, I like Paul Millsap too. And that team is obnoxious, but that's whatever. I, <laughs> oh, truly, man, I don't even care anymore. I, sure. <laughs> I have no reason to. I, like I said, I have no reason to hate any of these teams. The only team I really am going to hate outside of the Clippers is, I guess, a little bit Portland, just because it's still lingering. <laughs> I guess a little bit. Yeah. That's the best it's part. It's still lingering just a bit, but I don't think I, I don't think we're gonna have to worry about them because they traded away their two most two of their most important players for a washed up disgruntled center. So I don't. Boy, that was that was very weird. That I'm trade. excited I was about like, it. What the heck? It what made, the heck is Portland doing? It makes I just it great. Didn't get it? Like, it may, I feel great to know that they're dumb. That like makes me happy inside. <laughs> it, that and that's the thing too. Like I thought Portland was a pretty well run franchise. You know, Doesn't I thought matter, they're. Dude. I guess not. I mean, I, I just, and you know, there's money concerns and there's all kinds of future, you know, whatever. But I was just like, man, Hassan Whiteside for those guys. I don't, I just don't get that. Especially when you, you've already got like a really good offensive center, you know, in, oh. uh, Miritich. Uh, I also wanted not to Miritich, point out. Uh, 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 Nurkic. Nurkic. Oh yeah. Nurkic. Nurkic sorry. Miritich wanted, does not play in the NBA anymore. He plays. Yeah. In that Europe. was another surprising thing. So obviously, you know, well, I don't know. Maybe championship is important to him. Maybe he feels like he can get there overseas better. I don't know. I mean, but. he he's from there, so like I can like, yeah. He wanted to go home. <laughs> you know, it's one thing to be from L.A. and to play in Toronto, but like it's another thing to be from like Spain and play in Portland. <laughs> yeah, like you don't ever or, get to go or see play your family. in Oklahoma City. You know, if you're Alex Abrinas, we're playing Oklahoma City. I I will say. Now I am so very happy for Alex. Yeah, that I, video is really cool. I, I I'm so happy that he's going to be back home, playing for a team in a system that he is he's known and is comfortable in, and I want him to succeed as a basketball player. I I had hoped that, well, I had hoped that we would be able to play with him again, uh, this you know maybe this season, but I don't think that he'll be back with the Thunder now at this point. I you know. He doesn't need to be. He needs to be home and be happy. I don't. I'm not sure he'll play in the NBA again. I mean, he may just play overseas for the rest of his career, but maybe not. You know, you never know. Um, the video was cool, but it was kind of vague. You know what I mean? It, it, he didn't really address exactly the things that happened. Um, That's okay. I, yeah, I'm it's not, fine. Yeah, I don't need the details. I I know what it's like to feel yeah. shitty. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so Jeremy Grant, we will miss you for sure. Uh, it was really fun having a Jeremy on the team because uh, it's a great name. Um, <laughs> and there was a Victor on the team at one point too. We'll, we'll, eventually, we'll get an Eddie on the team. Too. I'm so uh, upset I'm because a, you I guys, I'm so excited for him to come. Like I'm saying, this season was about to be awesome. I was excited for Victor Oladipo to come back and Indiana to be like mm -hmm. real good. Like I, I hope that's still going to happen. Did they trade away someone important? They screw up. Well, they lost their starting point guard. <laughs> yeah, and and I, mean, I think they announced right. that Victor Oladipo is going to be out. He's out, out till January. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I don't. I'm not sure they're going to. I mean, when they made that announcement, that was when I was like, oh, they're down. They're done for another year. Uh, well, the East is maybe not when he gets healed, he'll want to come back here. <laughs> so <laughs> he should yeah. he should get healed and come back here, and we can hang out. It's again. hard to imagine any player in Oklahoma City. 
yeah. ever again. <laughs> I just don't. I I think you're underestimating how good Hamadou Diallo is about to be. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, no, 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 no. Let me let me be clear. It's hard to imagine an established player oh, coming being in, yeah. coming into Oklahoma City. Gotcha. I I will say that I I I and you know we can talk about this later as well we're going to it's going to be our team but the camaraderie and brotherhood that is forming between Diallo and Burden is enticing it is so lovely and it is that is the light at the end of the tunnel for me seeing those yeah. two guys and seeing them play in summer league right now and knowing that that's our team now those guys in shape, and we man. picked them we picked Shay. them good ball Absolutely, absolutely. I, I right. I, I mean, yeah. But I'm, the I'm home talking, gr- the homegrown I mean, guys, homegrown guys, the homegrown yeah, guys. And you. who's to say that Shea is going to want to stay here? You know, like I, we we don't know about that. Uh, we don't know about those guys either. But I get the sense that they will have a more of an inclination to stay at being homegrown than than Shea. But again, we we don't really know. I'm just I know that that is the thing that I'm latching my hopes on at this point because. They look exciting, um, and they look yeah. like they have a good time when they play, and that's really the biggest thing. Do you know what yeah. I selfishly want? What's that? I want Steven Adams to assume his role as Mr. Thunder and just stay with us and just keep grinding everything out with us and for Steven to be the face of the Thunder. Um, for the, Steven is for the a rest. very, very valuable rebuilding player. Yep. Steven is mm-hmm. very, very valuable. And if we can't figure out a way to trade him to get us just get salary uh, out of the way, we absolutely need to keep him, I think. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, I mean, at this point, that would be really just the nail in the coffin if we got rid of him and likely Russ. I just... I it would be very hard to muster any sort of enthusiasm for basketball. Um, yeah, that, that would that be point. tough. Yeah. But if we can keep Steven Adams and I get to go see that, that dude play basketball all the time, mm-hmm. just be who he is. That's that, that's enough, I guess for me. Because yeah. he's going to be able to teach all types of people. He's going to be able to teach guards how to play pick and rolls real well. You know what I mean? Like he's going to be able to Absolutely. teach all the big mm-hmm. men how to set real nice screens to really box out and how to like bruise in there because it's such a tough yeah that dude gotta stay or at least it need to like yeah. meet him if soon steven you got yeah, listeners I, in new zealand i don't know if they're your family but let's just say it <laughs> yeah let's let's kick it well and and just like steven i think is is one of the best professionals in the league i mean he just he just goes out and does his job he's hard-nosed he's stoic um he he doesn't really let emotions creep into many things i mean the guy has hardly gotten any technical fouls in his career um so that kind of thing i think is very valuable to be a rebuilding piece too like a guy that's that's been around you know a guy that's been around a long time and he's played on some really good thunder teams and has been a part of some big moments and um i, I just really, changes I really his need hair to, every year i need to see him set just the hardest screen ever on paul george <laughs> I need him to knock him to the ground. Yeah, he did it on Patrick Beverly. You remember? 
a few seasons ago, and that was awesome. That was a, I, a, re- a really I'm nice looking moment. Looking forward to it. It's one of the only <laughs> things I have to look forward to at this point. <laughs> okay, guys. Um, should we talk about the man? Should we talk about our zero hero? Um, so, Sports Illustrated. Captain I, I Planet? Know. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's what I thought. I don't know if you... <laughs> I don't and know if our you guys powers saw it, combined. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw it, but today uh, Sports Illustrated uh, released a story that said trade talks between the Heat and the Thunder have come to a halt. Um, doesn't mean it won't happen, but that's what they said. Probably, I mean, most people seem to think it's because Presti wants Tyler Hero and Miami does not want to give him up. He better get Tyler um, well, Hero. He, also he better get him. him so. They signed yeah, him. Signed him, so he he literally can't be traded for another month. When did they sign him? Yeah, like yesterday. Oh, okay, because yeah, okay, yesterday they hadn't when I last checked, and I thought maybe that there was still a chance that we could get him. So now we got to wait if we're going to get him. But I we I need him on the team. If we're sending him there, I want him from them. <laughs> yeah, I told I texted my opinion about this to you guys. I think it was yesterday. Like I don't think Russell's going to Miami because everyone thinks he's going to Miami and that's not the way the thunder front office operates. Like there, there's always something that happens that is different than what has been reported. I mean, no one ever knows what, what goes on in in the office. So just because, you know, I know all the big decisions that Presti has made over the years and none of them were expected. So I don't, I don't think he's going to Miami. I think it probably would have happened already if it was, um, but let's not talk about the specifics of all that. Um, my my feelings are that the Thunder should do everything in their power to put Russell in a place that's going to make him happy. Uh, put Russell in a play. I, I believe he's one of those players that wants to win a championship. Put him in a place that gives him the best opportunity over the course of, you know, two, three, four, however many seasons, um, you know, he's with that next franchise to win a championship. That's what I want. And it's, and it's painful to think that that's probably not going to be in an Oklahoma city uniform, but, but that's what I want. He, he deserves it. And I know that, you know, maybe, maybe he really wanted to go to Miami. Maybe he really liked the idea of playing with Jimmy Butler. Um, and, and Presti told his agents, like, uh, we, we just are not getting back enough, so we can't do that, at least not right now. Um, or maybe he has a completely different mentality. I mean, we talked earlier about NBA players' psyche. Like, we don't really know what they're thinking. We, we don't really understand their thought process. They, they say things to the media, and they put things on their uh, social medias and all that, and we can kind of guess based on their demeanor and based on how they play and, and all that kind of stuff, but... We don't really know, but and that is especially true for Mr. Russell Westbrook. <laughs> I mean, we we really don't know like what goes through that head of his. He he's 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 one of the more interesting personalities in the NBA. I mean, maybe in the history of the league. I mean, he's special. He's very very special, and and we've been very lucky to have him a part of our team, our city's team for the past eleven seasons. So, I don't know, to wrap up those ramblings about Russ, I, I want him to be happy. That, that's, that's like my number one concern. We have never had, the, the Thunder has never existed 
without Russell Westbrook. I know that's that's how spe- special he is to us. I mean, other fans of other teams in in other sports, they don't understand that feeling. I mean, but we have that, and that's really really special. I. There's, there's so much that goes into trying to figure out the specifics of what to do with him at this point. And I, I feel that there is a large chasm between what would feel good for him and what is realistically possible. I don't Russell's not going to go win a championship in Miami. He's not. I would bet everything I have in my life on that. That team is not going to win a championship. Russell Westbrook and Jimmy Butler and Deion Waiters. They're not. I, well, I, I mean, can't I can't Let me interrupt you real quick. Like maybe not next season, but I mean, who knows what's going to no. happen in the future? But go ahead. Well, do you think that Russell Westbrook and Jimmy Butler are better than Russell Westbrook and Paul George? I don't know what to think, man. Like I don't know <laughs> what is going through any of these players' heads. I've been talking about that. Like I have no idea. And I think the Eastern Conference does we, we make sh- a big we difference. We should talk about how it, it's funny that we we call we call Paul George's moves soft, but you look at at Jimmy Butler. And what he decided to do is probably the, even crazier than that. The dude was Minnesota. offered was offered a five year max contract with Philadelphia, and he declined it to go play in Miami, where he has no chance of competing, even if he does get Russell Westbrook. He left a a, a bona fide contender that took the champions to seven games and only lost because of an all time shot. And he didn't want to stay there and play competitive with those guys. And he just, and even when he was offered max money, like all he wants to do is go be the star on his own team. He's James Harden. And we all have all seen how that's played out season after season since he's gotten his own team. I I don't, I don't think that Miami is a, I don't want Russell to go to Miami. If it's what he wants, then yeah. I think that that's what we should do, but I don't think he's better off in Miami than he is in Oklahoma city. And the, the, my, my problem in this whole situation is that because of the way that this happened and because of where it happened and the timing, there's not really a place that Russell can go. That is going to be a better situation than where he is right now, at least not at this moment later in the season, perhaps at the trade deadline, or after all of the new players have passed their period where they cannot be traded in December, maybe something different will happen. But I don't see another team that could take on Russell's contract and give us enough assets to make it feel like it's worthwhile uh, and then allow him to compete for a championship. I just don't see that. So at this point, it seems like what Russell wants to contend is legitimately not really possible. And for that reason, I think that it makes sense for him to just stay here at least for the time being until things 
are a little bit more mature and ripe and we have an out that is more advantageous for him because I don't want to go. I don't want to go see him fledge somewhere else. If you're going to go fledge and rack up your triple double streak and get to 48 wins again, why don't you stay here and rack up your triple double streak and see if we can make the eight seed, you know, like it. And the, the second point I'll make, which I've belabored to both of you for a number of texts over the last week is that Miami is the last place that we need to send him because if we send him to Miami, that devalues two of our first round picks that we have for the next year, next two seasons or three seasons, 2021 and 2022. Those are Miami picks. We don't want them to be good, even better. Like we don't want it. Like even if Russ only gives them four extra wins, that's, that's a, a couple of spots above that. We don't, we don't want to try to mess with. I just don't see that as being a good spot. I told you, that my outlandish trade idea would be to trade Kyle Kuzma for Russell Westbrook because that's the only thing I can imagine that would actually put him in a position to win a championship. If you put Russ on that team with those guys, like, yeah, that they've got a chance, but I don't see it anywhere else. Like I can't think of another team, I, I, perhaps Milwaukee, but what, what are they going to have to do to get him? They're going to have to give up someone that's very vital to them. And, I, do they ha- they don't even have really a, like young pieces who are they going to trade? I mean, they don't have Brogdon anymore. I just don't, they're not going to trade Giannis. We don't want Brooke Lopez. We don't need those guys. I, I don't see an avenue for this to end pleasantly at this time for Russell. And that, hmm. that sucks. I think for yeah. him and it sucks for us because yeah. as, as I don't remember if it was, uh, Eric Horn or, or, Brett Dawson or one of those Thunder guys said like, you know, a now I do what I want 2.0 tour is not going to be fun. It's just going to be sad. It's going to be sad to watch Russ ball out and just because we've seen this movie before and we know how it ends and it's it'll be a great movie. But like, we don't need the sequel. We've already seen it. So I that's the biggest issue that I have in this whole situation is that the timing of this has really hurt him as much as it hurt, has hurt us. Yeah. Well, you know, that's, yeah. Yeah. With the, yeah. Go ahead, Victor. Um, two things first. I don't know. Cause I feel I had never saw any of the John wicks until Eddie and I saw this last John wick. And I feel like if I'd seen one of those two, I probably would have said the same thing. Like, oh, I'm sure it'll be good, but I don't know. I want to see it again. And now I know I would have been wrong. Those movies are amazing. Anyway. <laughs> uh, I think that, Russ, uh, I, what I see in him that I'm sure I'm projecting, um, is that he's not the type to like want to go team up with other stars and go win anyway. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I agree so with I, that. so yeah. I think that he's in a rock and a hard place. Cause I kind of feel like that most of the time anyway, where I like, I don't want to go hang out with people. <laughs> I'd rather just be doing my thing and people like, wow, look at you doing your thing. It's great. I'm like, I know I'm going to keep doing it. Stay over there. Um, So (laughs) I think that he's, I I wouldn't be surprised for him to just be like, all right, um, let's just stay here. I mean, I got three kids now. (laughs) Um, I would, it's not that I'm rooting for that, but I I would love that. Obviously we would love that. And, And you're right, Eddie, like the, now I do what I want to or 2.0 would be, you know, 
anticlimactic, I think. But we'd still get have Russ on our team, and we'd still get to watch him. We'd still get to love him, and uh, and and that would be a great thing. And I do think, like, I think this is lost in all of this. But we all agreed that like Russell kind of saw last season and moving into the playoffs, he kind of saw like how his game needed to change. Like we talked a lot about change after they were eliminated from the playoffs. I think I still think that's going to happen. I mean, he he's not he's not going to be the the player that we saw the MVP season. I mean, he's he's going to be a different, more evolved Russ. I I I still think that's going to happen, regardless if Paul George is on his team or not. You know. Um, yeah, I was still expecting the most efficient Russell I'd ever seen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe I, not mass producing things, but like, yeah, just less turnovers, better field goal percentage, better free throw percentage. I was expecting that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I expected his shot to get better. I I still expected him to be an all star. Obviously, um, um. It, I mean, it let's just be. Uh, let me get this point out, Eddie, then I'll let you go. It will be kind of weird. Maybe weird's not the right word. Um, for me, it'll be a little unexpected if he starts the season in a Thunder uniform, knowing that Presti has already worked hard to trade him and and didn't make it happen for whatever reason or another, because of financial concerns or because of what he was getting back or maybe because Russell had a change of heart, whatever. Um, that will be weird, but... I think that I would watch every single game with even more intensity and more passion than I have before because it has it has a timer on it and we're not sure how much longer we get to watch Russell, you know. The last moment of his Thunder career cannot be that shot. It yeah. can't. It just can't, man. Yeah. yeah. I mean I don't I don't think it would be well, I was about to say that and now and I disagreed with myself <laughs> as I was saying it like I don't uh, that wouldn't be like the most memorable thing by far, you know, that we think of in 20 years when we think about Russell Westbrook uh on the Oklahoma City Thunder, but that would be a thing that we think about definitely. So, you're right. I mean the last moment of James Harden's Thunder career was the finals when they were huddled together um, with the towel on Kevin's head. Yeah. And James looking like, hey, we're going to run this back and do it again next year, guys. We got this. We're all 24, 23. And then the last moment of Kevin Durant's Thunder career was game seven that we lost. We lost from 3-1, and you couldn't you, – you, you didn't know what was going to happen at that point. And I just I I just don't want that for Russ because he's more than them. Yeah. He's he is more special to this franchise than any other player is to any franchise right now. You know? When Kobe was in the league, it was Kobe for sure. And and now Dirk's out of the league, so you know, you can't throw Dirk in there anymore either. And Dwayne Wade. Like he is the most because we we do have that connection. Like he has never not been on the team. The last time we saw Seattle Supersonics merchandise was when he got drafted. You know, that's the very last time. So Russell Westbrook, what I mean, a lot of people credit Kevin Durant with the transition, but Kevin played for a year in Seattle. You know, like Russell Russell is the team. Like his 
his personality, his tenacity, he, he is the core of the Oklahoma City Thunder. And he has been for a very long time, even before uh, Kevin left, in my opinion. Oh, for sure. Show for show. So this is uh, some pretty heavy stuff, guys. I don't, I don't think that uh, back in February when we released our first episode, we, I don't think we perceived an episode in July being this uh, uh, cumbersome, I guess. I don't know the right word. I honestly but, um, thought we would yell at each other more about something before something like yeah. this would happen, and that hasn't happened either. <laughs> We're slipping. We need to get more angry at each other. Yeah. Well, you guys, we still disagree on the Lakers next season, so we'll see how what, what happens with that. So because you're wrong. We'll schedule, we'll schedule an argument next episode where we yell at each other about the Lakers. That'll Is that be good. The future of human race. I have to schedule an argument uh, to work on those skills. <laughs> uh, any anything else that we want to get on this episode before we uh, call this one done? Um, I think, uh, I think you're going to go ahead and I'm, I'm going to make a, a hot take, a hot, hot take, make it spicy. Uh, the Oklahoma city thunder will win a championship in the next eight years. <laughs> that's not too hot. I don't think that's it's not too hot. That's hot at all. No, I think. I think that's uh I don't know what degree I would assign to it, but <laughs> I wouldn't call it hot. Okay. I just feel it, man. I feel I feel uh I feel the forward momentum uh being in our favor. Yeah. Cause, cause, I, I feel that too. I mean I feel hope. I really do. Because I feel like we've done everything right for the most part as far as like pure and in the spirit of the game. And at some point those things get rewarded. In some way, maybe not even, you know, you know, in some way, in some way, I feel. Yeah. I, yeah. I fear that we, through our efforts to always look towards the future, have neglected the present consistently. And that makes me feel like while we are probably going to be contending again in a short time that it seems as if our ceiling as a franchise is just that to be contenders consistently, but to never have quite enough or enough luck or enough correct moves or talents or money to get past the hump and truly achieve what the goal is for everyone in the organization. Yeah. I mean, external uh, boundaries and or barriers are another thing, but I'd like to believe that we're an organization that can try and learn from some mistakes. Hopefully now that it's happened this way and refine, just yeah. like, just like Russell does every year. Just got to keep all wrestling. Yeah. I mean, call this uh call this hope or you could even look at this uh pessimistically i guess but look at the toronto raptors they just won a championship took them 24 seasons but they did it you know um maybe it'll take the oklahoma city thunder 16 seasons or maybe it'll take them 30 seasons i don't know but 
I am committed to this team. This team is a very important part of my life and my psyche. And uh, I'm always going to be like that. And I'm always going to have a, a hopeful outlook uh, no matter what happens. And hopefully I'll be podcasting with you guys for the next 30 years too. Because it's a lot of fun. I do not know that I'm going to be alive for 30 more years, but that would be cool. <laughs> it's a long time, dude. It's a long time. Maybe none of us will be really, uh, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Yep. Cue the yep. music. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening, guys. Follow us on the social medias, Twitter and Instagram, at podcast underscore thunder. If you follow us on there, we will likely follow you back because we are mostly nice people. See you next time. Bye. Bye.